Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I am Brandon T. McClure. With me, as always, is Ryan Eliopoulos. Hello, it's me. The Spock Spocking hands. Up, as always. The Spock hands have come out. Woo, 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 woo. And Sparks Witty. Yes, yes. I am here as well. It's the queen. You're doing the queen, the queen wave, but for Spock, I'm pretty sure that's racist, yes, actually. Yes. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> it's me. She loves Star Trek. Um, we're here to talk Ooh, about Star Trek. <laughs> What'd you say? I said in the grave. Because she's dead. (laughs) All right, we're here to talk about Star Trek Strange New World Season 2, Episode 6. Directed by... Sorry, this episode is called Lost in Translation. Directed by Dan Liu. Dan Liu, sorry. Okay. Put the I in the wrong place. Sure. Uh, With uh, Written by Onitra Johnsons and David Reed. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so this is an Uhura-centric episode. What do we think about this one, guys? I liked it. I think it's pretty good. Not my favorite. Um, most of it, I think it's pretty good. I like I the Uhura stuffs centric of it. I really, really like. And then everything else around it, I like. This isn't again. This isn't my favorite. It was a a good episode of Star Trek. Yeah, Sparks. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably say the same. I, I think like the majority of it is Uhura, and I think that's all really, really excellent. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a very good, like, what was going on the whole time episode. So, yeah. Like, uh, you know, the the reveal of of what was happening and how it was translating for her, I thought was all very, very well done. Yeah, I think I mostly agree with that. I, I um, this is kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, hey, Strange New Worlds is just consistently good for the most part. And this is just one of those consistently good episodes. I think it's well written. I think it's well directed. Um this so this has the return of Ca- uh, sorry not captain lieutenant kirk um he's making his kind of full appearance as the real lieutenant kirk for once i was gonna say this has the this has the true debut of kirk it's me i'm here uh we saw him on a pad in uh, at the end of uh tomorrow yes. tomorrow tomorrow but now we are seeing him fully presented he has arrived on the enterprise um so he and i will say that this is my favorite Paul Wesley as Jim Kirk. This is kind of where it has finally solidified for me. Like I see, I see Kirk now. I agree. Right, And like much to his credit, he has been playing not Kirk, not traditional Kirk up to this point. He's been playing alternate versions. So like, yeah. Right. And that's kind of the thing where I was like, I've been waiting for this because like, there's always been this thing and you're absolutely right. Spark. He's always been playing this alternate version of Kirk. And I was always like, I'm, I'm not giving him a fair shake. I reckon, I recognize that he's just not, it's just not doing it for me yet. But now that I see Lieutenant Kirk, I'm like, okay, I see it now. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm jiving with this Kirk. I'm, I'm interested. You know who actually I was thinking about this while watching this episode and actually the last episode, which is the one where Spock is human. Mm-hmm. Um, charades. I was seeing that the actor who plays Sam Kirk would actually make a really good Jim Kirk. Mm. Um, because he's got this thing when he's being attacked by Spock where he just like the he does like the Kirk meme hands. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? If they wanted to, if they wanted to switch this, I, I would have been really happy with that too. That'll be the that'll be the next episode. By you know, what's, what's really funny about that is that I don't know how much of Sam Kirk there is to know, but like um 
the first time we meet Sam Kirk, I'm sure I've told Sparks this already, but um, it's it is William Shatner with a mustache. Uh, just a dead like he's pretending we meet Sam Kirk after he has died and he turns it over and it's William Shatner with a mustache. I always I always thought it would be funny if the actor plays Sam Kirk also played Jim Kirk. But without a mustache. I feel like I feel like if you do that in a full Strange New Worlds thing, you have to acknowledge that they're twins. That's like it works for a like small moment, but not continuous acting against each other appearances. Yeah. Yeah. Sam is Uh, so jealous in this. Oh my god. He's so jelly belly. He's so jealous. I'm really happy to have Sam back as a as a character. I, anytime if you get the Kirk brothers together, I'm actually really excited about that because like mm-hmm. this is we've never seen this before. This is completely new territory for Star Trek. Yeah. Um, even the Kelvin films never did it. Um, so I'm really happy. So I, I so like I I really like the the Kirk stuff and I really like the horror stuff. Actually, I might actually really like this episode more than I thought I did. Actually, you know what? I think I'm gonna. This is a pretty good episode. <laughs> Go for it. I, I, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I, I think a lot of it really works. Yeah. Um, I, I like because we're talking about Kirk. I will say that I think like it's I think it's really cool that Star Trek can now have this moment where people can look and be like, that's when Kirk makes Spock. Like, that's Boy. neat. Yeah. The 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 handshake that that sh- that shocked the world. I remember watching that when it when this dropped and and I was like like. And I was, you know, it's, it's this cute moment where like Kirk is looking at his boy from from across the from across the room, and he's and he's like, you know, your your friend over there needs to protect his queen, and now he's in trouble, and you know, it's a funny chess thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder if that's just what they're gonna do. They're not gonna do the meeting, and like, then they're just like, hey, I'm Spock, hey, I'm Kirk, and they're like, yeah, half the team really right cool. there. And yeah. the ending the episode with them three at a table was pretty pretty tight, and yeah. like it didn't feel forced no it felt it felt very natural and i feel like it does it does you know like they met before you see them on the original series i think it's totally cool that they're just filling out the camaraderie of when it began and i think it's really cool that this is how kirk and uhura's friendship started yeah yeah um i really like so okay no actually we could pivot a little bit so last season we lost hammer bruce horak um as hammer um, and it's really sad. He's a wonderful character, and that entire episode, the 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 fallout of that episode had like the whole staff saying, "Oh, Bruce Horak's coming back in the next season, though. Don't worry." And I really, when I saw Zombie Hammer, I was like, "That's really funny." If that's what you guys meant, <laughs> I, th- I think it might be because that's really good. Um. I definitely, when you first see Zombie, Zombie Hammer, you're like, "What direction are we going here? Yeah, <laughs> is this real? Is this imaginary? Is this is this microbial uh, uh, demons? What's going on here? Star Trek can be anything." Um, and I I love it. I love I love the central premise of this episode. Like this type of Star Trek episode is my favorite type, where there's like it's just a natural life form that like we can't do anything about. Like we can't, my favorite, Brandon, you watch Next Generation. My favorite Next Generation episode, it's in seasons one or two. It's about this giant crystal that lives in space. It's just a giant crystal and anything gets gets near it dies. And it's just there's nothing you can, there's nothing you can do about it, but it's not that creature's fault. It just gets to exist. And Starfleet kind of wants to destroy it. And, and, and uh, Picard's like, we cannot. It's just, it's a living being. Just let it, just put it somewhere else. Just don't fly near it. And like, that's the right answer. Because like, you can't just kill a thing for existing. And I'm like, that's what this episode's kind of about, right? Yeah. 
Kind of, yeah. But the Crystal Light Entity is the the one you're talking about. It's a uh, it's in league with Lore, Data's evil brother. So it is. Is that in that not episode? Quite, yeah, it's not quite exact. It's not quite the same because that thing is still evil. But yeah, it's. Oh, like, I don't it remember is, that part. It's been like ten years. <laughs> It is. It is a. It is a. It is a. It is an entity that has destroyed Lore's entire colony and killed and killed like uh, oh, the Suing family. That is. Well, but, you, but surely, like the <laughs> but thing you're, you're, but you're right. saying has happened in Star Trek. Yeah. No, but you're absolutely right. Like there is the sense of like this is an this is an entity that we're not familiar with. It is not. It is not. Uh, it is not life as we know it. Um, and there's there's examples throughout all of Star Trek. I told you guys about an episode of star trek discovery season two um to kind of use a more modern reference that you guys will not get but um there's a a, a giant sphere that looks like it's attacking the discovery only to them realize it's actually trying to communicate with them and they the technology is so far advanced they can't perceive the 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 communication i love that mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what's going on outside i apologize um good um and um when he and so 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 it's kind of the same thing here where this the species that is again not life as we know it um is able to is able to communicate but can't communicate in ways that we are familiar with and even uhura says it like this is how this is kind of how the universal translator works um it it creates um it creates, uh, it finds similarities in all language and meaning um, to find a way, a close proximity, uh, approximation to what the other person is hearing. Um, and so I, so, so I really like that kind of, I really like how that's handled. The is kind of what I'm trying to get at is that yeah, I no, think this I is a, a pretty good way to um, really do a, a classic Star Trek theme. I mean, hell, yeah. the original series fought a giant amoeba. Like, yeah, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of like Hemmer, when we first see him, like we're hearing his audio, but we're seeing just his back in the Mm -hmm. video profile thing. And then you get the zombie stuff. And I'm like, that's cool that they got like him back to do a voiceover for someone else being in the in the makeup and the body and everything. And then he's actually talking to her in the video later. And I was like, oh, no, oh no, they actually got him. And he shows (laughs) up at the end and he winks out of existence. Yeah, yeah. Winks out. Yeah. (laughs) I, I really like so I, I I always remember this story. I don't know how true this story is, but I had one of the the one of the people behind Transformers the movie, uh the first one from the 86, mm-hmm. um, talk about the decision to kill um Optimus Prime. Sure. At spoilers for a movie that's 40 years old. Um oh longer. <sighs> so um he so he's like, um we'll uh, so he's, they got letters, right? They got letters like, how dare you kill Optimus Prime? My son is upset. Kids were upset. One person, he, he was he was reiterating this letter. He's like, one person um, was so, his son was so inconsolable that he's like, you have to bring back Optimus Prime. My son won't, won't come out of his room until Optimus Prime is back. And the guy said, the guy told us, like, I just, I didn't have the heart to tell him that we did plan to bring Optimus Prime back, but as a zombie. <laughs> and so like i remembered for whatever reason seeing zombie hammer like triggered that memory and i was like this is kind of like that like oh don't worry hammer's coming back as a zombie right <laughs> that was fun yeah when we first meet pike he's gotten a 
he's very insistent. It's a temporary promotion. Fleet captain. Uh-huh. To fleet captain because he's he's um got a he's got four ships under his command now to kind mm-hmm. of get this this um uh refinery, deuterium refinery um operational. Space There's gas. been some the space gas. There's been some problems with this refinery and they're trying to figure out they're trying to get it up and running. Um but I remember when so there's two prong there's a two prong story here, which is one mm-hmm. that uh when we first saw the trailers for this episode for this season and we saw the the new insignia on pike's um pike's uh lapel no mm-hmm. chest um and he said and and we were like oh my god is he being promoted to fleet captain already because we know that his promotion to fleet captain directly precedes his accident which puts mm. him in the chair and so everyone's kind of like oh shit are we are we getting close are we getting close to losing Pike? Same. Well, Same. you know, you, you know, sparks the accident that happens to Pike. Yes, I'm just saying, like, like you know, fleet captain don't mean shit to me. <laughs> like, it's right. fleet captain just means death, no, you know, it's coming. That's right, all. Right, right. That's all yeah, the context yeah, yeah. you need. Yeah. Fleet captain is just um, uh, it just means that you're in you're in command of multiple ships. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's kind of it's not it's not quite a promotion. It's just like we're putting you in charge of a bunch of ships. It's a promotion, um, but you don't get a raise. Yeah, it's kind of like that. You don't get a, you don't get, you're not an admiral yet. You're a fleet captain. Um, it's very TOS, honestly. But so we were like all really scared. And then the the temporary thing is really funny because in that in and when we first meet when we meet Pike in the menagerie, which is the two part episode that brings Pike back and he has the the scar and he's had the accident already. Um, Kirk in that episode said was asked, have you ever met Captain Pike? And he said, I met him once when he was promoted to fleet captain. So, <laughs> which I think is really funny that they were like, mm. for this episode, we need to make Pike a fleet captain temporarily make so that care. we don't ruin canon. Cute. That is cute. That, that was fun. Yeah, anyway. Which also um, means if we're going to see any more of actual traditional Kirk, Pike can't be there. Yeah, well, I mean, they could... That from now on they could just be like, yeah, he's he's shown up every now and then. Uh, because they didn't say, I, I guess they said I only met him once. Yeah, they can fudge that. They can fudge that yeah. again. This is the thing. Like Strange New Worlds, I think Strange New Worlds is very is, can sometimes play with canon in a very fun way. Like this fleet captain thing, I think is very funny, um, and and kind of clever. But Strange New Worlds is also not a not. Um, the Gorn are in Strange New Worlds, and the first contact with the Gorn doesn't happen for five more years. Um, mm. So, like, they can bend. I call it bending canon. As long as you're not breaking canon, there's, I think Strange New Worlds is very good at bending canon, and bending canon is perfectly okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, I'm sure we'll see more traditional Kirk. I just doubt Pike will be present for it. Yes, yeah, probably. He'll uh, be in the next spinoff show. Yeah. <laughs> but this episode is primarily focused on Celia Rose Gooding. Uh, who I think is incredible. Uh, I think she's really good. Uh, they, sorry, they are non-binary, I believe. Um, uh, they are really, really good in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the communicating through their flashbacks, like like their own like Uhura's flashbacks, is such an interesting idea, and it also gives you insight into Uhura. Like, if you don't know anything about her, uh, mm-hmm. also I don't know how much this is like you know being new to to this show. I, 
I think the whole parents being killed in a shuttle accident, we we heard about it in the first season. I think this is new for Strange New Worlds. Okay. I don't think this was in the original series. Uh, it's pretty brutal that they're like, they make her like walk through mm-hmm. her parents' shuttle crash. It has such a good performance. It is. And, and she's like, like I have, go to past it. it, go past it. Because she has to, to get to, to communicate with whatever isn't communicating with her. And again, it's like these like ethereal beings that live in gas. Like, how how do you communicate with that? Like, that is like trying to try to communicate that into a television show like this. Like, it's one why Star Trek is so cool, but like doing it this way, um, it makes sense. And using the passing of a friend through Hemel, Hemmer, Hemel, Hemmer, 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 um, is cool. And then, like, again, it's a very simple visual <clears throat> uh, uh, storytelling of you see decrepit him, and then when the mission's solved, you see a good version of him, and he disappears. That's like almost again, like, like almost like the fantasy Star Trek elements. And I'm like, all that stuff I really love. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see at the end when she's kind of piecing it together how Uhura looks at this and looks at all the visions that the, that she's had and sees uh and like put puts it together that oh this is um th- uh this is why I saw this this is why I saw that they feel trapped they are being attacked by starfleet which is why the which is why they had me be attacked and uh yeah. they destroyed the 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 ramon uh destroyed the the nacelles because the uh, the Bussard, the Bussard collectors um uh uh refine the deuterium I, I really liked the piecing it a piecing it together uh moment yeah it's it's a shame that ramon seemed to figure it out and yet we had to lose him anyway yeah he was a casualty yeah. well because they they talk about how the language centers in his brain were so overactivated that he just could no longer speak you're fried right. yeah uh he his brain was fried but he knew that this was going to help that this was, would send a message or help uh and he had no other way to communicate it yep it's really tragic in a way yeah um there, Classic there's the i forget mm-hmm. her name but carol kane's engineer character pelia mm-hmm. pelia and una they have like a small sub scene it was fine they they they, like, they they were they having have, fun three technically the, the banter is fine but it's all like in this big like warehouse looking place and i'm just like oh this is a scene that had to happen because the show needs to be an hour <laughs> and like it was it was fine i was like kind of waiting for the or stuff to come back carol kane pelia specifically not carol kane but pelia is picking fights in this episode a little bit yeah uh, she walks up to aurora why don't you like me walks <laughs> up to una why don't you like me yeah um, I, I, I do like there's, I, I think the, the Uhura, not sorry, the Una, uh, subplot is a little undercooked. I'll agree with you on that one, but I do appreciate it because we're, we are tackling with the idea that Pelia has replaced Hammer. Yeah. Um, and it's very difficult for the crew to kind of get over that. That's why Uhura has the moment where, and Una pretends that oh she's sloppy oh she's this oh she's that oh she gave me a c but it's the fact that she lost hammer and she's not and she's not comfortable with this other person coming on board and being that replacement um i do like the idea of the scene real quick i I do like the idea of the scene uh before you respond uh i just i feel like i would want that to be like a whole episode and i felt it was like 10 minutes 
It was like kind of one of those things where like if this isn't like Pelly is like this is Pelly's episode, but like but like it felt like this is something that I want more explored because I feel like if this is now it's just squashed and like it felt like it could have been a lot like a whole a whole feast of of drama, but like that's just sure. you know that's just something. But, I don't really think it needed a whole episode for it, but yeah. like I think the problem with it is that it's 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 the same beat she has with Ahura longer. Yeah, with mm. Una, it's it's essentially the same thing. Like you have a problem because I remind you that Hemmer's gone. And like, yeah. you could have gone about it with, I like the scene. You could have gone about the way you did it with Ahura differently, just about her ignoring her and have Pelia be carrying that uh, feeling of being avoided because of that over to her thing with Una, mm-hmm. where she can yeah. mention with Una that Uhura is doing it too. That's but it point. doesn't need to be an interaction there. Because I, I think like the only issue with it really is that Ultimately, when you get to the resolution scene with with Una, it's also Pelia just being like, you're avoiding it, but like it's Hemmer and I get it like mm-hmm. and it's fine. I, I understand. Um, I just want you to know that I understand that that's why. Uh, yeah. And I think it would have landed more if she hadn't done the same thing with Uhura at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And it's that's because right. you're you're treading the same ground just with different characters. That being said, I like carol kane so like yeah. i like all of her giving it to rebecca remain yeah, yeah. um but like i really like una uh scene where she's having to just kind of sit in her feelings while Pelly is like it's about hemmer and you feel like you failed to keep the team safe and all that kind of stuff and i'm like this this honestly probably would have landed better near the end of the episode where it is had we not done the same beat with ohura yeah, that's totally. And I like the Uhura one. I like I like the whole bit where Carol Kane's like he was one of my best students. I lied. I lied. I just said that because he's dead. He, was, he okay. was okay. That was pretty. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but really also, like, that. I think that's a good joke. It's a great Carol Kane bit. Kind of a weird moment to put it in where Uhura is for the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels like something that could have come around, like on the back end of it. Like even if it had been her talking to both of them about it at the same time. Yeah. would have been better mm-hmm. um, because it is exactly her saying the same thing and how they react to it and what she says to them and that joke like lightening the mood about it so they can like embrace that they all liked him but move on at the end of the episode um, and I think that's the only reason that it feels a little repetitious yeah I think you're right yeah it's not so much half-baked that just like we just had this moment with someone else already because I think if you just tied it like more directly yeah. that that Peli is going to connect Una and Ahura at a moment later in the episode and be like, you're both doing this and yeah. it's fine. Like you have your reasons, you know, uh, grief is hard. I get that you look at me and you think about him and I understand. And like just opening up those feelings, but because that had to happen with both of them, it should have just happened at the same moment and towards the end, because that would have been part of the whole arc of resolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I think that's, that's- yeah, but that episode. So there's um, that's one of three kind of subplots that are moving in the back of this episode, um, which is, uh, which are paying off moments from prior episodes. One being the kiss from the previous, from the just previous episode where we're seeing Spock and Chapel discuss, kind of discuss where they are. Super chess. I don't even know if we can call that a subplot because it's just a single scene it's not a subplot but that's really the only thing i can use because yeah, it's more it's it's more like a 
a an checkup, e- an epilogue from yeah. the previous episode. Like, hey, we know we made them kiss last episode. We haven't forgotten, yeah. but this isn't about them. Yeah. We're literally going to leave their table. Here's one scene, <laughs> so y'all don't get mad. Yeah, and and so like, there's that, and then there's Laon and Kirk, and that so is one of, one of the things that I do actually really appreciate about Strange New Worlds this season that that we noticed in the last episode with um, uh, Una and Laon, um, the Laon specifically is that there are there is development happening in the background it's not like people stay stagnant until their episode um things are happening and so like when when laon and kirk meet we don't need a kind we don't need a laon and kirk episode that laon sees sees kirk for the first time we see that look on her face and we know exactly why she's she she feels she she's dealing she's got a lot of emotions and christina chong plays it very well um, oh, yeah. so it's, it, so I find it very interesting and I actually don't think it's, it's, uh, I actually think it's a good thing. It's positive. What I'm saying is that they, they, those kind of three kind of things are moving along in the background of this episode that I, I think is pretty, pretty well balanced. It's, it's, you know, more of what we've talked about the show being most of the time pretty good at. We talked about it a lot with the previous episode around Spock that it's just like, you know, the characters are growing, even if they're growing in the instances where we see them come from the background recede to the background whatever they're they're all still on their trajectory and their growth pattern from the previous stuff yeah um just like being an episodic show while maintaining seriality narrative with your characters so that they're allowed to expand and grow um and yeah this episode has a lot of it and i think they do a good job with lawn and kirk and lawn is definitely dying before the show is over Ooh. yeah before the show's Wait, over no? now that now that she met Kirk, yeah, absolutely. She doesn't come up when they face Khan. Yeah, mm. nah, yeah. girl dead. Yeah, girl be dead. And like, because this is like a prequel show, they can't really have a super hardcore romance because he would, wouldn't he? When that movie happens, know all of like know about the unions and like you know. Or something, or be like, oh, I, I dated your great daughter, or whatever it is. Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't think we're gonna get a lot from them, unfortunately. But it could be, it could be a a, a Spock in, in Chapel thing. I almost called the church. I swear to God, I, I, it was really hard. Um, it could be one of those things where like, eh, let's forget canon. Let's just have fun with it. So I hope that could happen because like, I like their chemistry a lot, and I think everyone deserves a smooch every now and then. Yeah, yeah, there there, there is a sense that like, you know, Spock and Uhura see Khan Dunian sing, and there, and none of them are like. Um, excuse me, Captain. I yeah. uh, I met this person's descendant. I served with them for five years. Yeah. Um, so so there could be again, once again, like bending the canon. Like, yeah, we're going to connect to TOS, but it's not going to be a perfect connection. I think. Um, I think more than more than anything, it's just the fact that like the events of that movie can occur, and Laon could exist in the world and not be involved. I could believe that. If she didn't have such a relationship with the core, the, the core the members, star, which yeah. now because of even Kirk being there, I'm like, well, if Lon was around, Lon would be there. So like, Lon's dead. It, yeah, it can't. It's yeah. yeah, it's getting a little, a little too, in a good way. Like it's getting a little too messy. Where I'm like, oh, I think some sad stuff's gonna happen. Which I mean, like, you know, you know, do what you got to do because like, embrace everything you can and do everything you want to with the character now because like, you can't change the fact that she's not in that movie. So yeah. that's that's fine and everything. I just, you know, there was a we we talked about before when after the Kirk and Lawn episode that we had before this season where 
I I suggested like you know we we might see her die for Kirk in this show, uh, and that would be why she doesn't come up again. And I'm like, I guess if she never meets Kirk, there was like a window where I kind of buy her not being involved in the movie. But now that it's Kirk and Spock and Uhura and all of them being close to her, I'm like, no. Yo, he said I really can't see the path anymore. I didn't forget about that drink, girl. Let me yeah, get you, let me yeah. get you a drink, girl. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. And both the movie and and Space Seed, which is the episode that introduces Khan, I can kind of see maybe the logic of there's just not Lon's no longer on the Enterprise, and there's just not time to uh, to find her or contact her or something like that. I, I don't can know. does that all happen in a day or something? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I don't. Um, I've seen it. So Space Seed, I, it's been a while since I've seen Space Seed. Uh, I don't rewatch the original series as often as I should, um, but it's um, it's again Laon's not on the Enterprise in when Kirk is command, so I can kind of understand that maybe just they're so far out in deep space they just can't have Laon be there. And 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 uh, the the movie Wrath of Khan um, is is pretty dire and is and, and again i so like i can kind of like running through both events in my head i'm kind of like i i can kind of see a world where there's where you can justify it now having introduced this character of law and union singh to just be like there's just not room in either of the the episode narrative or the movie narrative to in, to mention her it's just and once it, again that comes back to the bending canon thing. It's it's just like one of those things to bring up another another a galaxy far far away when they do like subsequent stuff outside the movies that becomes so important like characters like Ahsoka and like they're not in episode three and stuff like it's stuff like that where it's just like it's just it, it just happens forty years after there's nothing you can do about it like yeah. you got to have fun while you can so like I Actually, think there's rolling with it you know actually ahsoka is a really good example because um where was ahsoka during episode three there's a whole four episode uh, event on clone wars explaining where she was during maybe there they'll do like a where was laon during wrath of khan and space God, that'd be really funny <laughs> i think i think the bigger thing always is just like and it, it you know like they've done such a good job integrating ahsoka into star wars and all that but like mm -hmm there's no version where i don't watch episode three and go like or anakin call ahsoka <laughs> <laughs> like or obi-wan call ahsoka before yeah. you go mustafar she could help right now yeah. i think that'd be useful like there's just there's no version where those things don't like enter your brain and i guess you could be like oh obi-wan tried but she was on mandalore and she didn't get the call and like yeah okay um you gotta do some serious mental digging right right like, right but oh, there, it's fine it's fine it's okay it's but fine. it's a, but it's a very like it's the same kind of thing of it's like oh khan came up wow like i remember a character who like her Singh. whole her whole bag was like being followed around by huh. the khan shit didn't i make here's, out with a nubian sing once here's here's what they do the last so so they bring back short treks they bring back short treks and yes. and, and what they do is uh, they make an episode that's set after Space Seed, and it's Laon and Kirk, and it's Paul Wesley and Christina Chong, and they're talking about the events of Space Seed. And Kirk's like, right. "I just, I don't know why I didn't recognize the name." That's really, yeah, yeah. You, or you just do a short trek of literally of Laon catching up with her post Wrath of Khan, <laughs> doing whatever she's doing, and it's like, "Hey, this happened." And, yeah, and that's and, crazy. And she's like, "Oh shit, I wish I'd been there," kind of thing. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway. Um, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, um, Christian Chong yeah. and Paul Leslie continue to like kill it. And I think while we're still on this topic, I do want to mm-hmm. highlight that I didn't expect there to be such a, a relevant scene uh, on Kirk's end mm-hmm. with her. Um, but the bit where he talks about their dad mm-hmm. uh, and she has that bit where she's like, as one of the people who, you know, was, was a random person helped by Starfleet. I can tell you that everything he did made a difference. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and like, I, I was like, wow, it's actually like, that's an important moment at this moment in time for Kirk. Like that, that's really cool yeah. that they, yeah. they spotlighted something like that and let Paul Wesley like run with performing that scene. I thought that was really great. Yeah. I really, it kind of, it kind of is a nice little, little arc that Kirk has where he's talking to Sam uh, that starts when he's talking to Sam about his uh, about their dad George um, Chris Chris Hemsworth. If you guys don't remember, mm-hmm. um, I've uh, heard talk- of him. <laughs> um, I really I really like the kind of I guess chip on a shoulder that Sam has. I like this kind of dynamic that Sam is like. Uh, he doesn't go by George Kirk. He goes by Sam Kirk. He goes by his middle name. Um, he's got his father's name, but he does, he chooses not to use it. He's not in a com- in the command branch, so he's not going to become a captain. He's not going to become the youngest first officer. Um, and he's got a chip on his shoulder because, like, here's Jim Kirk doing all the things that our father did, and here I am, the disappointment in the xenoanthropology lab. What I thought was better is even with, like, a small amount of time and dialogue for the scene, it's not so much about the fact that it's not just about the fact that Jim is doing better. It's that Jim is literally patterning patterning himself after their dad, mm-hmm. yeah. which Sam's like, God, like you just you just do the things that he did, and you don't like just that's all. Like to Sam, he's like, you can't imagine a space, a different life outside of walking in dad's footsteps. Yeah, and and that's part of it too. It's not just it's not just how George looks at it. Like Sam is actively pursuing an alternate path. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think it's just jealousy. I think that's there, for sure. Uh, that that Sam would want to be in that position, but I don't know that it's it's just for their father's praise. I, it almost feels like they're hinting at the idea that Sam's kind of beyond that, but it might be about Jim's. Yeah, he definitely. Sam definitely seems to like love his job and like. And when when Jim is like, so what's new in your field? And he's like, bro, everything is new in my field. I love this shit. And he's like, oh, but I'm not going to give you the boring answer you don't actually care about. Uh, yeah. uh, so like, he's totally content with his life. I think. Yeah. I think he is. I think he is happy with his career. He was doing what he loves. He's on the. Fl- he even says, "I'm on the flagship." I'm, you know, at the end when he has a sissy fit, um, he goes. Um, but I think he he does want his dad and Jim to acknowledge it. Yes. that he wants it he wants him to be like why can't you get like there's the kind of the when i say chip on his shoulder i mean like his dad is looking at jim kirk as like the clone of george kirk uh and right. then there's sam and sam wants him to be like no look at look at what i'm also doing i'm doing I'm my, my own, own path I'm my own I'm, well and like on, yeah. I, again like they do a really good job with the little runway they have in this episode of i think leaving a lot of subtext on the table and everything about that it is from both of them, but I I still think that like the implication is that Jim is more important than their father in Sam's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is an acknowledgement of just what you said. Like he's on the flagship, like acknowledge that while I am not a captain or a first officer, I am one of the leaders of my field. 
Like I am what I might not be in the same trajectory path of rank that dad was, but, but I'm like, I'm, but I'm killing it at what I do. And is if it's not what you did, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and it feels like that's, that's kind of the implication because it is the thing of like, the science is really cool, but Jim, you don't care. Yeah. Like you don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Um, Jim is being promoted to first officer of the Farragut, which is kind of nice. There's a there's a nice little there's so okay, real quick, real quick lesson for you guys. Um real real quick, real quick uh, rank lesson for you guys. No stripe on the on on the on the shirt. Ensign, one stripe, one unbroken stripe, lieutenant, one so Kirk has a lieutenant stripe in this episode. And he's talking about being promoted to first officer. And I was kind of like, that's interesting if he's a lieutenant. And then, but they said it's going to be, he's going to get the promotion in a couple months. And generally when you're first officer, you at least have to be promoted to a lieutenant commander. So I, I guess that's their way of saying like, oh, Jim is in a couple of months getting his promotion to lieutenant commander. He's fast tracking. He's fast tracking. And I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that, um, that we, he didn't just show up and he's already a lieutenant commander. Um, Which is just something all the more, that, sorry, finish your thought. Well, I, I, I kind of lost it. So go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No. Um, it's all the more to what you're saying, even like, you know, people who know the details like you do about that kind of thing that like the implication there would be that he's jumping a rank. Mm -hmm. Like, and if that's, that's all the more reason for Sam to be jealous and critical and looking at how he's going on his path and like that, that's the only thing that matters. There's definitely a call that's happened at some point between Sam and their dad that was like, uh, the dad only talking about what Jim was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you look at both of their, if you look at both of their ranks, and they're both lieutenants, Sam and Sam and Jim. Um, right. So right now they're on equal footing, but Jim is getting a promotion way before Sam is even up for a promotion. And Sam, right. admittedly, probably won't be up for a promotion. Probably doesn't even want it um, because he's not even the, because he's in the science division. But Spock is the head of the science division, so he's under Spock. Um, piecing together the hierarchy of the enterprise of power yeah <laughs> all, all the more to the point i think they're just doing a really good job with a small amount of time and a small amount of dialogue they make a real full relationship out of the kirk brothers yeah oh my my overall point that i that i've been trying to cut so i've been dancing around with until i can remember is i hesitate to say this because i think i don't want kirk I don't want Jim Kirk in this in the show too much because I think that I think I don't think we need him. I think we then you're just on, making Star Trek. You're just making Star Trek original series. Like I just think you focus on the characters we have. Jim Kirk can show up for an episode or two, but he shouldn't become the focus. Now saying that, I kind of would like a, just a dedicated Sam and Jim Kirk episode. Sure, I'd actually be really into that. It's something we've never had before. Um, and could could really do some some really cool things. And I'm not saying like in my head, I, in my head, I've clearly already written this episode. They're stranded on a planet, and Sam Kirk needs to use his xenoanthropology skills, and they're bickering, and then they come to terms with their their relationships and their past and their past. I, I think if if once a season you have an episode that's like this one, as far as like Kirk and Uhura, um, and that's about like Kirk and Uhura's Uhura specifically, right? Yeah. Not Kirk with three different people in the episode, but just that relationship. And you have that, and then it, but the story is never about Jim, but that's how much Jim appears in the episode. You could have one of those every season. I don't think that'd be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I, an alternate and like, Kirk episode. 
I like that they didn't treat Jim like Jim's untouchable. Mm. Like that everybody else can be, you know, played by new actors who are really capturing these performances and everything. And and I'm really glad that I feel like they've they've eased the audience into it, but I feel like they've established that like, you know, Paul Wesley can play Kirk too. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need to we don't need to be off limits of Jim Kirk for some reason. And I and like it is logical to have him appear in moments because of Sam, because of other things that they have incorporated into the show that it's like he's around, he's present in Starfleet. Like, you know, there's no reason to ignore his presence. Yeah. I wonder why Sam isn't in the show more. Um, I wonder if it's a contract thing, contractual thing with the actor. I Maybe think, they just don't want to focus on him as much. I think it's purely I think it's purely that they know how to juggle their cast pretty well mm-hmm. and they want to make sure they're doing justice to all the series regulars first. Yeah. And Sam is not a series regular. Yeah. And I think that's really all it is. Is like, you know, a lot of our seri- series regulars spend a lot of time ending up background performers on certain episodes so that someone gets their spotlight. And I think that they do a very good job of giving them all a lot to do and giving them a lot of character growth. And so you can only put Sam in so much of the show considering he's not a series regular. It's true. But I wonder if there was, if there was an attempt to maybe make him one originally um, because of the way they introduce him in the first episode, it does kind of seem like he would be more prevalent uh, being a personal friend of Captain Pike, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see the, I'd like to see a, a Kirk brother episode quite, quite honestly, if they, if they want to write that. I just want to know who the hell that guy is next to Ortegas. Who's that redheaded guy? No name guy. Just flying next to Ortegas. We, we had two shots of him every episode. Who are you, sir? <laughs> who are you? Give your, get, let, let me see. A, 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 just get a one shot camera. Who is the second pilot? Who are you? No, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because uh, there's another, there is a, 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 um, what the hell is it? A navigator. That's the navigation seat. Um, who uh, ended up, being a named character uh as the other it's the other girl her name is mitchell um so so you say that but i do not put it past them to ever give us a name for for the, for this person yeah this was a dude this is a red-headed dude and i'm like sir i don't know who you are who sh- are you on the right ryan, ship? <laughs> ryan turned to me like the first shots of them showing up in this episode it was like oh, this is who's dying this episode that's but what i it thought wasn't, it was remote <laughs> because it's like i know everybody on this on this ship and i'm like who's that guy <laughs> who is that you guy know, you know the body count for this show is actually pretty low considering its parent show <laughs> original series Oh, the sure. Discovery. I think, I think yeah, that yeah. they've taken the criticism of that. And I think, you know, you're at an age where like deaths are more impactful when they're made to feel like they're singular and matter. Mm-hmm. And that that even even Ramon's death to some degree felt like, as we said, tragic because of the context that was built around it. Yeah. And like because that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like it does feel when our captain or anyone else on the ship says like. Uh, we lost. Uh, we also got the one that Ramon slashed, and he says, "You know, like we we lost two people." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel that. I yeah. believe that Pike feels that, and I and I think that because it's not done so often, it it, it lands. Yeah, that's um, a good point. I think that you know the original series, like the reason that running joke exists, is because like back then they felt like the way to build stakes was to make you believe the main characters could die because they would have to kill someone who was standing next to them. Yeah. Um, and I just don't <laughs> think we're there anymore in television. Yeah. It's interesting if you look at the trajectory of Star Trek, how how you're saying where we're where we're at now. The original series, the red shirt uh, epidemic, where they had to kill the, the the red shirts in order to create stakes, and then in the next generation, it was 
well, the villain that we're fighting has to beat Worf because Worf is the strongest character on the show. And if he beats Worf, then that creates the stakes. Sure. Uh, which ultimately just nerfed Worf more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody keeps saying that Worf's the strongest, but he gets stomped on every other week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I want to I want to do a special shout out real quickly to Bannon Nebula, um, which is the uh, last name of um, Melissa Navios, I think is her name, who plays uh, Eric Ortega's. Um, it is uh, the, the actress's husband who passed away um prior to the filming of the season oh. and uh, uh so they named the nebula after him nice damn her husband died and they still couldn't give her her own episode that's <laughs> yeah, yeah right man <laughs> script's, written. script's written but that's really nice that's really nice that they did that that's yeah. a really thoughtful thing yeah it's a sweet little like you know it's it, you know it's a nebula that's gonna give life and and everything i just thought that was sweet <sighs> she's young so i assume her husband was young yeah that sucks yeah oh yeah the the beautiful again the, the special effects in the show are great uh they're Always. really they're really putting the money oh, in the refueling sequence yeah it is beautiful it looks so good yeah we have never seen the Bussard collectors on the on the Constitution class work, and I loved it Bussard. so much. Uh, they also, I love that they're like, "Yo, everyone evacuate! We're blowing the shit out of this thing. We're blowing. <laughs> we're it destroying this thing. Up. Everybody, missiles out! Fates, photons, go! Love it, love it. We are we are destroying this thing. There's, blame me, Pike, Christopher <laughs> Pike. It's me. <laughs> Literally, Ryan was like, "Boy, it's a good thing capitalism isn't a thing at this point because man, that's a lot of that's money. A lot of money. Oh, holy shit." <laughs> Captain Pike has such a fun attitude because, like, you know, it's the attitude that I talked to when, he, when Una came out as Illyrian, and and he's just like, "What are they going to do to me? I know where I end up. What are they going to do to me? I'm still in Starfleet, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Girl, look at this face. They can't do anything to me. <laughs> Get Starfleet on the phone. Tell them I am this bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I, quite, I actually quite like this episode. I don't have I have no, I have no more notes. I, I believe so. I, 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 have a, I have a few. Um, I thought the visualization, just like the scene, we didn't we touched on it lightly, but like the Spock and Chapel scene is pretty good. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um the 3D chess and like yes. the conversation about it. Um move, make a move. Uh the the Spock wanting to logically immediately take this to Starfleet so that there could be no problems. And it's like, wow, it's like that that gets like spicy real fast for me. <laughs> Spock immediately wants to go to HR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Um I really, really like uh, the special intro that they give to Kirk, like the real, like, you know, the focus on the teleportation oh. coming in. They're like, this is his first time on the Enterprise, y'all. Yeah. This is the first time it's real Kirk on the Enterprise. Oh. I thought that was fun. I, I thought it was cute. It worked. <laughs> I really like that he looks at the transporter room and he goes, a hell of a ship you got here. Yeah. Immediately impressed. <laughs> just just the transporter room is just so. Yeah. How bad does the transporter room look on the Farragut? For him oh to God, be like, it. oh shit. Two of the paws don't even work. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I did want to spotlight. I really like Rebecca Romaine in the scene um, where she's trying to calm Ramon. <clears throat> when they first okay, find yeah. him in the engine yeah. area, uh, that that she's like trying to connect with him and be like, I'm I'm real. I'm here. Uh, Not a I, thought, I, thought, I thought she was doing a really good job. Yeah. Like just yeah. as a performer, I think, you know, like spotlight her when she's doing a good job. I agree. Uh, excellent. Yeah, I think I, I think, uh, you know, we talked a lot about 
uh, a lot of other things that are spotlighted, but it, it can't be stressed enough that Okora is killing it yeah, in this yeah. episode. I think her her performance of the fear of death um, in all its forms, yeah. and when she's talking about how right. afraid of death she is. Oh, yeah, the, the talk between Uhura and Kirk is really mm. powerful. Uh, yeah. Like, we're Starfleet. We face death every day. Right, and and like that, she's like in one in one form or another. I'm always afraid of death, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and running away from it. Uh, yeah, and I thought that was that was really really well written, but really 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 well performed. Yeah. I think she's crushing this episode. And yeah, at the end, uh, uh, like you know, they're screaming and nobody can hear them, but I can hear them. Like, yeah, that's all, man. It's all really good. And then you got to get got zombie hammer in the back, just going, yeah. I'm like, man, you look <laughs> awesome. Uh, and, and again, spotlighting Uhura's performance, the the confidence uh, and an adamant emotional plea to Pike uh, that they are killing them. Um, yeah. Really good. Yeah. Like, I really appreciate Pike just being like, "How sure are you?" Yeah. And when she when, when she said when Uhura says, "I'm I'm certain," and he goes, "Okay, evacuate the place. We're blowing this thing up." Right. And important, like, you know, this is Pike, so no one's surprised. But like that that Pike, you know, turns her right after and he's like, this is my call. Mm-hmm. All right. My call. I'm the bitch. It's me. I, and I, like, because like there it. is like logically, logically, there is a lot of evidence stacked against Uhura to make this not believable. Yeah. Um, and I do feel like unless you're Kirk, who has been by her side through the whole thing, it's hard to buy that this is what's happening. What's who's that? Uh, sh- that shitty bald Vulcan. He would show up and going, ah, horror, it's horror, it's a horror. And I'm like, and it's me, Pike. No, me. Yeah, it's Talk important. It's important not to take for granted that what it is is that Pike. Pike does have absolute faith in his people. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and he will stand by that. And because they're all good, it would it would be questionable to most captains. Uh, but Pike's like, no, all right, keeps Let's do it, keeps the faith. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else? Mm, it's a good episode. I really like Uhura's log at the beginning of the episode. Captain, we've been log. talking about logs. They did a good job with Uhura's log in it. This is a good episode. Yeah. Um. Okay. Actually, well, I actually ended up liking the episode a lot more after talking about it, which is fun. Yeah. No. Yeah. I. I. I like. I like it a little bit more than I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think. Like we. We pinpointed the only thing that really doesn't work is kind of following out on the Una and Pelia yeah. thing. And it, it, I do think it's just that needed to be connected to the same conversation happening with. I just remember it kept popping up and I'm like, I'd rather be somewhere else. But it's weird because like, you've already like, I feel like it would have felt fresher if you hadn't done the Pelia and Uhura bit yes, at I the think, beginning of the I episode. I think you're right. Yes. And then it'd be like, this is something that keeps coming up and Pelia is recognizing an absence of Hemmer, which again, like they did a really good job. I think of finally coming around on like, some some emotional fallout from losing him oh, at the end of the yeah. previous season. I agree. This is a hell of a cast. Like everyone is so good in this in this cast. I, I Christina Chong kills it in this episode, and she has one maybe like two scenes, three scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, that'll do it. Next episode next, is the uh, the crossover. Next episode is the crossover. Amazing. Um, the lower decks. We watched uh, episode one of Lower Decks, so we have some oh. some foundational knowledge. Yep. May I, May I ask, what did you think of it? Loved it. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Oh, very cool. I, I I I knew it was like a mature show, but like the like the very opening scene where they slice his leg open 
and you see it and i'm like oh this is where we're going and i was immediately like my ass it was also very funny for us because like we watched it and then not long after we watched this episode and so you get to the initial start the zombie hammer thing yes. and, and ryan's like yo <laughs> because that first episode is like a zombie episode in, yeah. in, in yeah. lower decks and i'm like oh my oh, god you're right really? yeah so i was going are we doing zombie stuff immediately <laughs> I forgot about the I forgot about the first episode. I really like Lower Decks. I'm glad. I'm really glad to hear that you guys liked it. I'm sure you probably won't continue with it uh, soon, but I, I hope that you will. I want to, but there's just so many things to watch. Ryan might. Yeah. I probably won't until I've watched more Star Trek, just because I it's something where I'd rather know the things that they're doing. And it is sure. like a TNG adjacent, right? So like oh, that's yeah. that's my, my up my alley. Um, yeah. But I do. I'm glad we did it because I do feel like cool. I know who these characters are. I have a foundation of. Good recognizing them and appreciating yeah. them as they are, so it's not just it's it's Boimler and Mariner, Mariner, uh, and I think I have a I have a good solid foundation of both those characters are from that first episode. Yeah. So like yeah yeah oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah, so the next episode we're going to be discussing, as we've been talking about for the past couple of minutes, is going to be episode seven, uh, uh, which is titled "Those Old Scientists," um, TOS, "Those Old Scientists," kind of clever joke from, from oh, Lower cute. Decks. So um, that'll do it for this episode. This is Fickner's Watch. There's plenty of other shows you can check out. We are recording this at a, uh, at a time where we don't know where we're going to be releasing it. So uh, make sure by the time you're watching this, check out our website at FicknerPodcast.com for updates on all of our shows um uh, uh that have, that have been going on that will continue on. Um, but of course you can check out the Fickner Podcast. Uh, I actually probably shouldn't say that. I don't know when the strike is going to end. So the Vector podcast is probably on. Maybe not. We'll see. Sunday mornings. We have shows, we have shows here. You can figure out what's going on. There's definitely yeah, yeah. been comic books and video game coverage. Um, <clears throat> by the time this is on, there's stuff. Uh, I honestly, I'm so curious when this is getting released. <laughs> That's going to be hilarious. <laughs> the important thing that you should know is that on the Fake Nerds Watch feed very soon, almost immediately for you episode seven will be up and we'll be discussing the crossover episode there because it will have already been recorded. So like, go check that out, please. Uh, yeah. That'll definitely be there. Um, so yeah. Make sure to look for updates on the, on the social medias at Fickner podcast, uh, Fickner podcast everywhere. Um, I guess it's not Twitter anymore, uh, but in, in months in the future, it's X. So we'll see. Is um, it, it's good. It's going to be really funny by enough time will pass. It'll just be Twitter again. <laughs> um we'll yeah. see we'll see what happens there but yeah so all the social medias i don't i don't think he's gonna do it uh figuring podcast on all the socials i'm at bt mcclure on instagram and twitter you can also find me writing for cbr.com atomicgeekdom.com and kaijuramamedia.com that is unlikely to change in the near future sparks um you can find me potentially here in the year uh of our nerddom 2024 at sparks <laughs> on instagram and twitter s-p-a-r-k-z witty <laughs> Wow, yeah. There's the real possibility that this won't come out until next year. Uh, I'll, Ryan? I'll, I'll do a little, like, a, a full <laughs> disclosure if you've, like, kept up with the podcast or you're catching up or whatever. Like, we've definitely, like, done some other stuff in the interim, but because of the strikes, like, it's been put off for a long time to do the movies and television shows because we were in full support. Yeah. So by the time you're watching this, you should know this was the first thing we recorded after we made that decision. <laughs> so we're very, like, I don't know. <laughs> History in the making. Uh, Ryan, where can people find you? You can find me making history at DJ Tony Snark, 616 everywhere. All right, guys, until next time you see us, live long and prosper.